Hi. Once again, my name is Uriel, and I'm just so happy that you're here. Um, so before we start, uh, I'd like to just apologize. Like, if my voice sounds a little bit weird or nasally today, uh, I have a sore throat, and I'm honestly like in a lot of pain right now. Um, so just forgive me for that, and uh, I hope you guys pray for me and um, just pray that God speaks to us today, right? Uh, so welcome. This is Sanctity, a journey, where I hope God will remind us that holiness is for us. He calls us to it. And for, for us, holiness is a great adventure. It's a journey home. It's a process. And He wants us to be able to experience it, uh, to walk it with joy. So the, the last time we were here, uh, we talked about the call to sainthood. That call that speaks to each and every one of our hearts that long for something deeper, for something truly beautiful. And indeed, as St. Augustine puts it so beautifully, he says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And my heart is so often restless, especially when I seek out other things. Um... Let me just be fully open and honest, transparent, you know. I am a struggling and recovering addict to pornography. I have a temper. I carry so much pride and you know, so many other things, but those sins, those mistakes, my, my shame, that does not define me. Often, you know, we come to church and we just try to present ourselves as so beautiful, right? Maybe we, maybe we hide our flaws. Maybe we don't let people see how truly broken we are. But today, Jesus wants to remind us that he did not come to call the righteous. He came for the sinners, me and you. And that the church that he built, it's not a museum for saints, but it is a hospital for sinners. And he came for me, for you. He came for us, the lost and the broken. And I know that sometimes, especially when we feel most lost and most broken, it takes real courage to still want to continue the journey with God. In fact, the truth is some of us have stopped or some of us have started to just, to just go through the motions, but the truth is our hearts have become so far and so distant from God. And I've been there recently. And if you are that person, let me just affirm you that you don't have to be afraid. Come home. It's what God wants. And I know that you're going to need great courage to take that first step. But I promise you that it's so worth it. Come home, man. Just come home. Um, so, and speaking of coming home, right? Uh, just let me retell a par parable that resonates so deeply with my heart. Uh, Jesus told this parable, this story. 
the story of the prodigal son, and without spoiling it, this story is it's about coming home. This parable, it's about the love of a father. This parable, it's about God's love for us. It's about his desire for us and his constant invitation for us to come home no matter where we are. And in this story, the, the prodigal son, it's us, it's me, it's you. And that father is our father, God. You, know, you can find this parable in the Bible. Um, I believe in, it's in Luke chapter 15, 11 to 24. Um, and if you want to compare notes, you can just refer to that. But today, I hope you can allow me to just retell this story and allow me to just explain it to you from my heart, right? And so the story goes like this. There was a wealthy father. In fact, he was a king. And he had two sons. The younger son came up to his father and said, Father, give me my inheritance. Now, you see, someone receives their inheritance when their father dies. That's, that's when you give out your inheritance, right? When you die. And so it was as if he was saying, Father, you are dead to me. And so he took his inheritance, or rather his father gave him his inheritance. And this son left his father, left their house, and went to a strange, distant land. And there he spent his inheritance recklessly. He spent everything. He gave it all away for, for, for cheap trills, for for pleasures, and I think it's easy to overlook the significance of this. But I imagine him giving away his father's treasures, things that were dear to him, things that were dear to his father. Growing up, these were the possessions that he had, and he gave it all away for, for wine, for, I don't know, drugs, for, for, for women. And these treasures, they were, they were the last things that he had connecting him to his father. He gave it away on things that he thought would make him happy, on things that catered to his passions, but ultimately left him empty. And empty he was till one day there was a famine. And he found that he had already spent the last of his inheritance. And everything that was valuable that he once had was gone forever. And I imagine that he came to this land looking every bit the prince that he was. Because his father was a king. I imagine that, I imagine that moment that he sold the last of his possessions. His crown. His princely garments. His sandals. They were all gone. Now he looked like a beggar. No one would recognize him. He was filthy. And this son, he, this prince, he found a job feeding pigs. And he realized that he was hungry. And he looked at the filth and the slop that he was feeding the pigs. And he realized that this 
this junk, it looked appetizing to him. Food meant for pigs was appetizing to him. And at some point, he must have seen himself in the mirror. He looked nothing like he once was. His dignity was now missing and he was hungry, but he remembered that back home, even the servants had plenty to eat. He remembered that his father, a king, was a generous and wealthy man, and he resolved to come home and make himself a servant. This prince would be nothing more than a servant. So, so he came up with this speech. He would go home and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he began the long journey home. Filled with shame, trucking mud along the path, he repeated that speech over and over to himself. Now, rehearsing, right? I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That's what he said. Well, he was a long way off. He was, he was hungry, right? I think he realized that he was weak. And maybe he wasn't going to make it home. He had been gone for so long. And he realized that he missed his father. And he looked up. And in the distance, he saw his father's estate. But he also saw the strangest thing. His father was running for him. His heart trembling. He remembered that growing up, his father had perfect timing. Whenever he fell, his father would catch him. He missed his father in that strange land. All of a sudden, he realized. Now, his father had perfect timing because he was always watching him. His vision clouded with tears. He realized that his father had been waiting for him. Every day, his father was watching, waiting for him to come home, looking into the distance and hoping the day would be the day that my son comes home and all of a sudden he feels a warm embrace. His father didn't care how dirty he was. Unrecognizable as he, as he was, his father recognized him and saw his son and so he started his speech. Father, I have sinned against you. I am no longer... But his father didn't let him finish. No, quick, he said to his servants, bring the best robe. Put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. My son was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but now he is found. My dear friends, I want you to know that I am that son, and so are you. How often do we find ourselves so far from God in a strange and distant land giving away our identity as his children? Making mistakes, sinning, doing everything we can to forget that we belong to him because quite frankly, a child of God would never act this way. That's what we tell ourselves. And we distance ourselves from him out of shame. But I'm telling you today that the Father is waiting, 
all is forgiven, but we still have to make that decision to come home where it's safe, where He can provide for us, where He can protect us. And He is not afraid. He knows how deeply we are hurt. He knows how broken we are, but all He has for us is love. You know, we talk about God's love so often. But for now, you know, right now, can we talk about just His desire for us? You know, the fact that He wants us so badly that He would give His Son. The fact that even seeing us in all our shame, in all our sin, after all our mistakes, seeing us in our entirety, it doesn't deter Him. And he still wants us. He has has just so much desire for us. It's mind-boggling. But why? Because we're his children. That's our identity. He's a father. He's a father for us. And so who are we to... Who are we to say that I can't come close to the father because of of my sin? No, the father wants you. It's his decision to want you. The question is, do you want him to? The reality we face is that it's so easy for us to dwell in shame. You know, we just, we do this thing where we hyper-focus on our sins and that's all we see. And suddenly our identity, we forget that we are God's children. Now, there was one time that I went for confession and and the priest told me this this thing. He just, and it touched me, right? He said, Uriel, God is no longer concerned with your past. He just wants to see your future. You know, he didn't say it, but I knew that God was also just embracing me in the present. You know, we go for confession because it is there that we not only know for certain that we are forgiven, but we also experience reconciliation with the Father. Confession is that moment in the parable of the prodigal son where the Father embraces the Son. Now we ask, is it possible to be forgiven without confession? Yes, absolutely, yes. In fact, our sins are already forgiven. The moment we sin, our sins are already forgiven. Now, the moment that prodigal son turned away from his father and walked away, his father had already forgiven him. But what? But what? The son still had to come home where it was safe. The son still had to allow his father to embrace him. I heard once that the sacraments are bound to God's grace. But God's grace is not bound to his sacraments, right? So forgiveness and reconciliation is bound to the sacrament of confession, meaning that whenever we go for that sacrament of confession, we we will always, always experience forgiveness. We will always, always experience reconciliation. But God himself is not bound to it, and he can certainly give it to us outside the realm of confession. He can work as he pleases, But he pleases for us to go for confession because when we go there, 
we know for certain that His grace is made tangible for us. You know, a sacrament is its an invisible grace made visible for us. It's an untouchable love made touchable. He allows us to touch an untouchable love in a sacrament. And so we go for confession to truly, fully experience that gift of forgiveness and reconciliation. You know, God is more concerned with your future than with your past. When we heard the story of the prodigal son, as emotional as it may have been to hear of his struggle, to hear of his suffering in a land far away, and as scandalous as it may sound to hear about his sin, the real highlight of the story was coming home. It, it, it's the embrace of the father. It's the party to celebrate his return. Did you know that every time a sinner comes home to God, all of heaven, all the saints and the angels celebrate, they cheer for you. And God says, my son, my daughter is home. He was dead. She was dead, but now he's alive. You know, it's not our past weakness that is the focal point of our story, of our journey, of our adventure. But rather, but rather, it is God's grace and victory in our lives that is the focal point, that is most interesting. Let me give you an example. St. Augustine. Do you know him? A doctor of the church. Major influence on theology. Quoted many times in the Catechism and the Saint. No, in the intro to today, I, I quoted him. He's, he said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. When we think of a great saint like this, we often were tempted to think that they were perfect. But one of St. Augustine's most known quotes was, Lord, make me chaste, but not today. Rather, I'll, I'll repent, but tomorrow. You know, St. Augustine, he lived his early years in just major sexual sin. He lived recklessly. He did so many things to remove himself from God. He lived scandalously. He dabbled in philosophies that were, quite frankly, were against the church and against God. But through the intercession of his mother, St. Monica, through the influence of his mentor, St. Ambrose, and through God's grace, mercy, and love, he found God changed his life, and went on to become one of the greatest teachers, writers for the church, doctor for the church, and a saint. Now, tell me, what is the highlight of that story? What excites you here? It's, it's, it's not a trick question. It's the good part, the change in his life, the part where he became a saint. I'm interested in those parts. Now, his sinful past is a reality, just like ours. But that's not the highlight of our story. Look, heaven, heaven's the goal, right? Heaven's the destination, right? Heaven's going to last for eternity. Do you know, can you picture eternity? 100 years, 200 years, 300 years is nothing compared to eternity. And compared to that eternity, compared to that, our past sinful life is nothing. It's just a footnote that gives context to God's victory in our lives. 
it doesn't mean that our sin isn't serious. No, we still have to work on it. But it's just compared to the eternity that we're going to experience in heaven, it's nothing. So why do we judge ourselves and our journey just based on our sin? Shouldn't we judge our journey based on God's grace for us? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we be examining God's love in our lives more closely? God is good. So what do we do when we find ourselves in sin? Pray. Pray. As soon as you realize it, pray. God wants to reconnect with you. If you find yourself in mortal sin, pray. Then make arrangements to go for confession as soon as you can so you can receive God's grace once again. Go for Mass. Receive Him as often as you can. Pray. Don't allow your sin to separate you from God. That's not what He wants. No, cling on to Him. Sin or no sin, just hold on to Him. But when you do find yourself in sin, Pray and remember that God is waiting for you. Come home. Um, can I lead you guys into a short prayer? Uh, Lord, thank you for this moment, for the graces that you shower upon us daily, for your love, for your desire for us, for giving us a wonderful identity and calling us children no matter what we do for loving us, for, for the gift of life, for the gift of your son, and just the gift of this adventure that you call us on. Today we pray for forgiveness, for the courage to come home, the grace to make a good confession as soon as we can, and for the joy with which we will walk on this journey with you, towards you, and for you. We ask for the intercession of all the saints, of St. Augustine, of St. Ambrose, St. Joseph, St. Monica, St. Therese. We ask for the intercession of our Mother Mary as you pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. We give the glory back to you, Lord, as we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it's now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, I, I appreciate it so much, truly. My name is Uriel, and I am a sinner. But I am so much more than that, and so are you. So um, that's it for today. Until next time, God bless.